Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. It's just strange that there are certain animals that we feel like we have to treat with force and certain animals that we feel like we have to treat with, like, being nice to them, giving them treats. And I know people do treat dogs with force too, but I think also like, yes, horses can be dangerous and that can be a reason why people want to treat them more harshly, but dogs can be dangerous too. Honestly, when I've like had situations when I've been scared that an animal is going to seriously injure me, it's much more often been a dog than a horse. And I don't see, you know, that as a justification to use aversive methods, unless it's like self-defense and like really necessary to like not get hurt but you know I think dogs have the potential to be at least as dangerous if not more dangerous than horses so I don't know why the whole danger thing is such a big factor I know a lot of people do get injured with horses more so than people who just have pet dogs so I guess that is a you know a factor as well but that's also because people are choosing to do activities and deal with them in a way that is you know going to create dangerous behavior like they're using punishment and aversive methods like plenty of studies have shown time time again that using those methods creates conflict behaviors and then that's going to potentially create a dangerous situation especially with such a large animal but i mean i don't think that horses are inherently any more dangerous than dogs and probably less so that's just kind of a weird point for me when people are saying like oh horses are so dangerous yeah it might be because I have more hands-on experience with dogs but I've had way more close calls with dogs than horses oh yes (laughs) (laughs) doesn't help that I worked at a shelter because a lot of those dogs are just so stressed out of their minds they can't handle anything but even still I haven't really had that many scary experiences with horses at all with dogs it's been at least double Wow. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, honestly. I mean, I've had, when I was volunteering at the shelter, I didn't, I'm not volunteering there anymore. I only volunteered there for probably like six months, like once a week or so, but I, I just ran out of time. Otherwise I still would go because I liked it there, but I got bitten twice while I was there. And I've also been bitten by other dogs, just like, um, dogs that I was pet sitting or dogs that are like friends dogs or just random dogs like throughout my life I feel like I have had a good number of like dog bites none of them super serious thankfully but horse bites I mean I've been bitten a couple times and I had that one incident where the horse actually picked me up by my 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 hip and picked me up by my um, pants and dropped me on the ground and stuff that was pretty scary I would say that was a pretty serious horse attack there (laughs) yeah in general I would say I I don't know I don't feel threatened at all by pretty much my horses or any of the horses that I work with I mean I think that there have been horses that really just have been mistreated so much that they develop kind of unpredictable aggression because they can't they can't express something's bothering them or they get shut down for that by you know people punishing them so they then have to quickly resort to those like bigger kind of methods like biting and things like that so I mean like that can be dangerous when that happens but it takes a lot of trauma to get a horse to that situation and so you know if you just don't traumatize them that severely (laughs) they're not going to do that so (laughs) yeah I mean, with my dog experiences too, I think a lot of the issue was just poor management at the shelter and they like almost completely got rid of their behavior department. So that's a little bit of a different situation, but 
the same is true with dogs too, where if you're actually paying attention to their body language and meeting their needs and not using a lot of force, they're probably not going to bite you or threaten to bite you. But I don't know, with horses, I think because they're prey animals, they're more likely to just shut down or go away. So if you're getting to those fight type behaviors, it's probably pretty serious. Yeah, I totally agree. And like going back to the, you know, topic of faking lameness, because something you just said really reminded me of something that we should have brought up before, which is the whole thing of horses being prey animals, like prey animals want to hide their pain, they want to, um, like not be visibly injured, because you know, in the wild, if they're visibly injured, that might make them easy for a predator to go after or just is kind of makes it harder for them to, you know, just be safe in the wild. And, you know, from their natural disposition, they're going to want to try to hide that. And there is a study, I don't have my study page pulled up, so I can't say exactly (laughs) what study it is. (laughs) But basically, the study was looking at horses in a veterinary clinic and look at they had um, like video footage of the horses. Actually, let me just find the study so I can tell people what the study is, because I feel like it's really useful to be able to tell people what the actual study is but um basically again it was a veterinary clinic and they did video surveillance of the horses and then they would have somebody go in like a you know staff of the vet go in and check on the horses and what they found was that the horses would actually really hide their like discomfort and pain behaviors when the person came in to check on them So basically what that's showing is that when the people were coming in, the horses were actually showing less signs of pain. And that's kind of a good reminder that horses are, if anything, they're going to hide their pain from us. They're not going to like fake to be in pain. That's just not something a prey animal would do. And yeah, let me find this study. (laughs) Okay. I have so many studies on here. It's just- You have a lot. (laughs) tough. Yeah, I've gotten to, I don't even know, gotten to- um, 58 pages that's a lot of pages (laughs) I just feel like I want to be able to say like what the study was okay did you find it I think I might have yes okay it's called in-person caretaker visits disrupt ongoing discomfort behavior in hospitalized equine orthopedic surgical patients it's from 2020 and it's by C. Torsivia and S. McDonald sorry I probably pronounced their name terribly but yeah, it involved 20 client-owned horses that were like clients of the vet and they were housed in individual stalls under 24-hour video surveillance. And then, like I said, the caregiver would go in to see the horse and um, basically the, there were 65 behaviors that they associated with discomfort. And those included things like shifting weight, pawing, difficulty getting up head tossing, tail swishing, weaving, pinned ears, other stereotypic behaviors, things like that. So basically when the caretakers would come in, the number of those kind of behaviors that were happening would really kind of decrease. Like before the visits, they would do approximately 1.6 of those identified discomfort behaviors per minute. And then after the visit, they did 1.49 behaviors per minute while when the person was there, they only did 0.4 behaviors per minute. So that's about a fourth as much of the discomfort behaviors while the person was there than before the person came in. So they're decreasing their amount of discomfort behaviors by three fourths when a person comes in. Obviously, this is only one study, but 
that's a, been a pretty well-documented thing in horses and it makes sense as a prey animal, they would want to hide their pain and not seem kind of vulnerable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I don't remember if this is true because I don't remember where I read it <laughs> or even when, <laughs> but I did read somewhere maybe a year or so ago that with wild horses, they'll actually reject or just leave behind horses that are injured or sick because it makes the whole herd vulnerable. I don't know if that's true or not, but it would make sense knowing that they're prey animals, they wanna protect themselves. Yeah, I've heard that too. Somebody actually commented that on my post today, which was kind of weird, um, like oh, that is weird, weird coincidence. <laughs> but yeah, they were talking about like on one of my posts about like feral horse behavior from a while back, they were talking about, they basically said that, but I don't know what their source was. So I also can't say whether or not it's true. And I almost get the impression that that sort of goes along with some of like the dominance theory type of ideas about wild horses. But I also like wouldn't be surprised if it was true I'm just not sure so maybe that's something we have to like look up and then we can give a more like um strong answer on it next time because I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure definitely it could be possible I mean it would make sense they probably don't want to put themselves at risk if you know there's another herd member or another horse around that is potentially like compromising their safety and can't keep up with the herd yeah, it wouldn't make sense from a dominance theory standpoint, like if they were trying to say that the stallion leader was like kicking the horse out because they hated them. <laughs> That's not how it works, but, oh my but gosh. I, I could see it though, or if a horse was sick or injured that they would leave them behind to save themselves, not in like a sacrificial way or like shunning them from the herd, but just as a means of survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I don't know. I have to look into that more. I really want to learn more about feral horse behavior because I feel like it's just really interesting. And I feel like it's just such a unique opportunity to be able to look into their behavior because I think their behavior is pretty much the, you know, same as domestic horses. Like domestic horses behave differently because they're managed differently and whatnot. But there's not a whole lot of like, evolutionary difference I don't think between feral horses and the horses that we have compared to like you know how dogs dogs don't really have like a wild or feral type of like close relative like that that we can really look at and be like oh this is information about their behavior that we can get from like you know the wild ideal situation so I think that's like a really unique opportunity with horses that we should really take advantage of and really try to see like how horses are naturally behaving. Yeah, that's something I'm really interested in too. I haven't looked into it a ton, but the little bit that I have seen, it seems like it's pretty close to domestic horses if they're managed appropriately. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's interesting too, how some horses are, you know, taken from the wild and brought into domestic situations. So that's interesting as well, maybe to see how that sort of goes I mean I've obviously seen a lot of like Mustang people who will train their horses and different ones with different methods and whatnot but I think yeah it's kind of interesting just to see how that works we just like don't have anything like that with other types of like common pets really I don't think I mean I guess like maybe like um rats maybe <laughs> like there I mean there are like feral rats that like you know they're not pets but they're like 
they're yeah I guess they're just feral I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but with like dogs and cats there's not really a close relative we can look into yeah I mean I guess there are feral cats but I feel like they're I don't know I mean maybe feral cats are more similar to feral horses but I feel like feral cats are still like they seem more closely to come from pet cats to me I don't know maybe they just are maybe feral cats and feral horses are comparable I don't know maybe I don't know enough about cats to really say yeah same (laughs) cats are like not usually my like focus like I definitely am not a cat person like I like cats like I like all animals but I honestly don't I'm not planning on like having my own cat I feel like there's other like types of animals that I like more that I will probably prioritize more but cats are cool I do like them I would like cats but I have terrible dogs (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah that makes it tough for cats and other small little animals no one would be happy (laughs) yeah but I mean you have a lot of space you could figure out a place to have them live that the dogs couldn't get near that's what you think (laughs) they're dedicated (laughs) oh my goodness yeah (laughs) I really hope I end up with a dog that is not gonna try to kill my guinea pigs I mean I'll just try to get one that's good with cats and then hope that being good with cats can translate to being good with guinea pigs but I'll also try to keep the guinea pigs behind a closed door where the dog won't hopefully go in there so yeah a friend from the shelter adopted a dog who has very high prey drive and she has two rats and they've been together for just a little bit under a year and it's been successful so I think if you have that's good if you have some kind of barrier I think you'll be okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) Chip was not good with our cat when we first got him but he's good now I think just being a baby he just would jump on him and really mess with him and which was not great but we just tried to you know have blocked off areas where the cat could go and get away from him and try to you know call him back over like come here do something else whenever he was messing with the cat but as he got older he just sort of naturally got better with the cat and doesn't mess with the cat now he's also good with the guinea pigs but when he was a baby he did kill rabbits so I would be very cautious of like him being ever like alone or being around the guinea pigs out of like me being within reach I mean he does it's not like he's like playing with the guinea pigs ever but he does come in my room with me like where they are and it's like a little worrying because of the rabbit thing but he's usually really calm with the guinea pigs and he doesn't like bark at them or even really seem super interested in them anymore so I think he's fine I'm jealous of that (laughs) (laughs) I want rats but Sage has eaten entire field mice and like oh goodness (laughs) in one gulp so there's just no chance I would not do that oh boy yeah that could be bad I love rats too though I really want rats but it's just so sad that they don't live very long like the guinea pigs can live like eight years and rats only live like three years which is like sad So that's kind of why I went the guinea pig route and my old roommate didn't like rats, but rats are just so fun. They're so trainable. I mean, guinea pigs can be trained too, obviously anything can really be trained, but I feel like rats really are good to train, which is cool. I want like 50 rats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love when rats do little mazes. I used to have a hamster and I tried to like build mazes for her and stuff, but I feel like rats are really like the ultimate maze runners. 
Yeah, I don't remember the name of the account, but on TikTok, I follow this one rat account that always does like little agility equipment and like they'll actually do full courses and it's so cute. That is so cute. Oh my goodness. That always makes me want to train my guinea pigs, but I'm just, I don't know. I feel like maybe mentally blocked off to doing it and they're just so scared of me. And it's like every time I have to trim their nails or do something like that, I feel like they get slightly more scared of me. And at this point, it's just like, I'm not putting in the effort to really like, get them to want to be handled I'm just kind of letting them do their thing like giving them enrichment and like you know taking care of them but just kind of like letting them just do their thing and not be messed with so I don't know I really do want to train them though maybe once I move and I get them settled into a new place and whatnot I'll be able to like pick up enthusiasm for being able to train them I should try to find some cooperative care for guinea pigs accounts yes (laughs) I'm sure they're out there (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes, send it to me. I did buy a little like nail file thing to see if I could like get them to even just like partially like try to file down their own nails. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll try putting a brick in there. I don't know if people do that with guinea pigs, but I used to do that with my old hamsters because I like physically could not trim their nails because they just would not hold still and they were just really crazy. Um, (laughs) Not not the best to call an animal crazy, but um, they were just very high energy and very just hard to, you know, get them to sit with you. So I couldn't really do it. And I would put the brick in there and they would rub their nails down on the brick. And then that kind of took care of the whole situation. I put it under their water. So whenever they would go to get water, they would have to run over the brick and that really helped. But I don't know if that would help the guinea pigs. I mean, I guess it probably would. I mean, bricks do file down nails. Yeah, I think it's worth a try. I mean, that's what people do with horses too. Put yeah. the gravel, <laughs> put the gravel around the trough or whatever, and then they file their own hooves a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll give it a try then. I don't know. It's just weird though, because the hamster had like really deep bedding. So I was able to just sort of like position it in the bedding. But my guinea pigs have mostly fleece bedding that's just like a fleece blanket more so than like bedding. They have a small area with like the like you know kind of bedding that you clean out and throw away but I don't know I'll have to see they like their fleece it's a lot easier to clean and they they like soft stuff if I put like a soft blanket in there or something they'll always go lay on it which is sweet I love that yeah and they have little they have little stuffed animals and sometimes they'll use them like pillows like they'll they'll put it under their head (laughs) it's really cute yeah I love them there they're cute little guys, even though they don't really like me. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. <laughs> I guess if I were them, I probably wouldn't like humans either. If you, you know, you have kind of like an early life where, especially Romeo, who's the really kind of, um, he's the one who doesn't let me pet him at all. The other one doesn't let me pet him, but Romeo doesn't let me pet him at all. He won't, he won't um, let me touch him unless it's like, I have to forcefully pick him up. And I mean, he had to live alone for the first like year of his life, which guinea pigs are like horses where they're like a herd animal, they need a buddy. And so he was like probably unhappy living alone. I'm guessing he probably got like handled a lot at first and then like not handled at all by humans. So he like had some scary experiences and was like all alone. And then he was like, not being handled at all and then I don't know like some of this I'm just guessing at but I do know that he lived alone for his first year because they told me that 
he lived by himself and then they were like oh maybe he needs a friend and then they got him mushroom and then I you know got them both together from those people so yeah I mean I think he's just probably been through a lot and I might not like humans either so (laughs) it's okay even without that just think of the size comparison oh yeah true (laughs) and like being prey animal and like what is going on and I mean I've had to move my guinea pigs a lot too I don't think they mind too much because it's it's usually just like a 20 to 30 minute car ride and then they get to go back in their same cage and whatnot and they don't usually seem too bothered like they're very stressed in the car but then once they get into their new area they're doing totally fine because of like moving back and forth from like college and like all those things so it's just been a lot of moving too but hopefully once we move them in a couple weeks they'll be there for a while so hopefully that will kind of calm down their life a little (laughs) I don't know well we just got way off topic and I'm sure that will have to be cut out but um (laughs) yeah I think we pretty much covered it like horses can't fake lame and even if they could fake lame then that's problematic that you would train in a way that you would think that they would want to fake lame so train better (laughs) (laughs) basically yeah this is not related to horses but I use Bumble BFF and I had someone message me and ask me why their dog, why their dog limps for no reason. Like they were thinking, <laughs> oh no. they were thinking it was for attention. So I told them they should see a vet and they haven't answered me. Oh my God. <laughs> that is just, uh, why are people like that? I'm scared. I, I want to use Bumble BFF once I move there to like meet people that live near me, but, um, I'm like really nervous about what people I will find (laughs) yeah there's some interesting ones (laughs) yeah I don't know kind of have to use the internet to meet people nowadays I mean I guess you can there are other ways of meeting people but like with COVID and whatnot unless you like meet them through like work or school or whatever it's like I feel like you kind of have to use the internet yeah pretty much and that's all I have Mm -hmm. to end with is (laughs) there was a weird Bumble BFF person (laughs) perfect way to end I hope you enjoyed this episode of click treat repeat feel free to check us out on Instagram at click treat repeat pod you can find Jen at genuine equine and myself at bonafide.bt we upload new episodes every Monday and hope to see you then happy training (laughs) 